Welcome to Julia's Bears Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday the 23rd of January with me, Bernadette and Derko. Today, Manuel Valleas is joining the show from Next Generation Research to give us the latest news on crypto assets. But first, we'll get the markets news from my colleague Lucia Cecilovic. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Bernadette. So equity markets started the week on a good footing, uh, shaking off that rocky start to the year. European markets logged gains, and in the US, both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 reached fresh all-time highs. Can you tell us a bit more about the most recent moves in the US, please? Sure. So you could say that there are three reasons for the recent rally in equities. One, there are more bets that the artificial intelligence boom will continue and lift the whole market. Two, and this is perhaps the most obvious reason, investors are afraid of missing out and are joining the rally. And finally, three, it seems that investors believe that the US Federal Reserve will eventually start cutting interest rates, whether it's sooner or later. And there is also a belief that the Fed will successfully engineer a so-called soft landing, meaning that the Fed will be able to cool the economy to lower inflation while avoiding a recession. I'd also like to mention that news outlets are now saying that the latest moves signal that Wall Street is indeed in a bull run that began in October 2022. Okay, that's good news. Um, But of course, we can't forget the earnings season, which is in full swing, and that's not been off to the greatest of starts. Uh, What are the latest numbers uh, here, Lucia? So out of the companies that have reported so far, Our analysts note that only around 62% have beaten estimates, and this is lower than the five-year average of 77% and the 10-year average of 74%. In terms of sectors, it was consumer cyclicals, materials, and healthcare that surprised most positively, while financials have disappointed on the lower end. There are some big companies reporting today, including Netflix, which will release its results after the close. All right. So for anyone interested in hearing more on the earnings season, please tune into tomorrow's episode where Mathieu Rachete, head of equity strategy, will be joining the show to outline the latest findings. Now, moving on to overnight action from Asia, I'd like to talk about two things, the Japanese central bank's rate decision and the route of Chinese stocks. Let's start with Japan first. What news from the central bank there this morning? So the Bank of Japan kept its monetary policy settings unchanged. It maintained its minus 0.1% short-term rate and kept yield curve control parameters intact. The central bank indicated that it was a little more confident of achieving its price target, but gave no clear indication of the likely timing of a potential end to the negative interest rates. Market movements following the decision suggested that investors were struggling to draw any new conclusions. The yen weakened against the dollar immediately after the announcement before giving up the losses and strengthening. All right, let's uh, move on to China. What's the latest uh, there, Lucia? So, as you know, Bernadette, Chinese equities have sold off for most of the past year, hit by factors ranging from a crisis in the housing market to persistent deflationary pressures in the wider economy. So the mainland's CSI 300 index recently hit a five-year low, and the sell-off in Hong Kong listed Chinese stocks intensified, pushing their discount to mainland peers to the deepest in 15 years, which is the latest sign of growing pessimism among international investors. Now, given this 
development, Bloomberg reports that Chinese authorities are considering a package of measures to stabilize the slumping stock market. And this comes after early attempts to restore investor confidence failed. China is said to be looking to raise around 2 trillion yuan, mainly through offshore accounts of Chinese state-owned companies, to buy shares onshore through Hong Kong markets. And according to Bloomberg, Chinese policymakers have also set aside 300 billion yuan of local funds to invest in onshore stocks through state-owned financial firms. Now, following this announcement, uh, stocks in Hong Kong rallied, while Chinese shares lost momentum after initial gains. And it seems that market participants are questioning how viable and effective the plan will be. We haven't talked about the bond market yet, but I see that the yields on two-year and 10-year treasuries have come down slightly. But what's really catching my eye is the Italy-Germany yield cap. Yes, that's an interesting story. So Italy's yield premium over Germany narrowed to its smallest in almost two years. More specifically, the difference between Italian and German 10-year yields fell to around 1.5 percentage points, down from two points at the end of October. And this spread is closely watched in the bond markets as a key gauge of risk appetite and a measure of how investors view Europe's historically stronger and shakier economies. As for why the yield premium has narrowed, Peripheral European countries, such as Italy, have attracted bond investors as the upcoming interest rate cuts are seen as boosting their economies and making their debt piles less costly. And Italy in particular has also benefited from European fiscal rules that will give the country more flexibility in reducing budget deficits over the long term. Okay, um, I know we've covered a lot of ground, so perhaps you could just give us a quick update on where commodities are this morning and obviously looking ahead, what investors can expect to see today. Sure. So oil prices eased overnight as concerns over the global demand outlook for oil offset geopolitical tensions in the Middle East. And gold prices rose earlier today as the US dollar weakened while investors awaited interest rate decisions from a number of central banks and a range of US economic data this week. In terms of macroeconomic data, from the Eurozone, we will receive the ECB lending survey, as well as consumer confidence data today. In the US, we will get the Philadelphia Fed non-manufacturing activity figures, as well as the Richmond Fed manufacturing and business conditions indices. There will also be primaries held in New Hampshire today, where it will be Donald Trump against Nikki Haley. Finally, as for where markets are headed today, futures in Europe are in the green, while in the US futures for the Dow are down, but up for the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq 100. Great. Thanks so much for that uh, overview of uh, market actions, Lucia. Thanks for having me. So now I'm pleased to welcome Manuel to the show to update us on crypto assets. Good morning, Manuel. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, the SEC has recently approved these first US-listed exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, that uh, track Bitcoin. How has this ETF approval impacted uh, the broader market, Manuel? Yeah, so the, the Securities Exchange Commission just approved physically-backed ETFs out of the US, which was something we already had here in Europe. But, you know, the importance of the US capital markets is as high as it is. So... The approval has been a success in most dimensions, even though prices have not followed suit exactly. The truth is, this cohort of wrappers 
managed to generate record volumes in the first few trading days. Even though a large degree of investors have been switching from legacy funds into the newer ones, these legacy funds include closed-ended funds and open-ended funds, but with a futures underlying. And the reason has been mainly due to the fact that this new cohort of approved products have been offering very low expense ratios. And those that had exposure before to the open-ended and futures-based solutions, they had to bear in mind the high costs in the long run because of the cost of carry, which uh, all in all resulted in a systematic underperformance versus these spot prices. As of now, the net inflow towards the physically backed ETS has approximated $1.2 billion. Simultaneously, some of the volume has originated from non-U.S. products, demonstrated that investors have a clear preference towards U.S. capital markets structures. In order to prevent further outflows, most asset managers in the rest of the world have reacted swiftly by lowering their products management fees as well. And uh, what should investors expect going forwards now? So what investors can see right now is that the biggest laggards have been crypto mining companies and publicly traded companies that have been strongly associated to cryptos, which on a year-to-date basis have endured double-digit declines in prices on average. So even though there is a strong elasticity component related to Bitcoin's price action, the broader explanation stems from the fact that investors were holding these assets as a Bitcoin proxy. And now, as we have the actual assets become available, they started to switch out in order not to be exposed to the general equity risk or the specific company risk. And in fact, something similar happened around 20 years ago when the first physically backed gold ETF was launched in the U.S., put a lasting valuation discount on the gold mining companies, which were held as a proxy before. And looking past the ETF saga, Bitcoin fundamentals remain sound, as evidenced by the long-term holder accumulation, the rising on-chain activity, and the upcoming block halving. Paired with a growing conviction that the fastest and steepest U.S. monetary tightening cycle has ended. Further consolidation cannot be ruled out, following the steepness of the last year's rally. And with that, back to you, Bernadette. Thanks so much for joining us today and bringing us that update on crypto assets, Manuel. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow when earnings and bond markets will be the focus of our experts guiding you through what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.